hard. You just open. eternal heavenly father this morning lord as thy church sing we trust in thee heavenly father it's by inspiration lord that we sing these songs by inspiration that we come give testimonies how great how merciful you are father mighty god we are full of testimonies this morning Heavenly Father, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our prayer this morning, Heavenly Father, is that come and demonstrate yourself, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, the form of the Holy Spirit, that you are still the same, Heavenly Father. You change not, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, whosoever, Heavenly Father, cometh to thee, Heavenly Father, believing that you are Almighty God. Heavenly Father, you shall, Almighty God, reward them, Almighty Jesus. Heavenly Father, our prayer this morning that you bless the reading of your word, Heavenly Father. You circumcise my mouth, Lord. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, and then you give to your children accordingly, Heavenly Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, if there is anyone that is sick, Lord, Heavenly Father, may you come and heal them, Heavenly Father. If there is anyone who is afflicted, Almighty God, 
Oh, Heavenly Father, you say, come to me, that you are heavy laden. I will give you rest, Heavenly Father. Oh, we believe that you are the same yesterday, Heavenly Father. And as the song says, you are here this morning, Lord. Come and bless us once more, Heavenly Father, as we read upon the word, Heavenly Father. And we wait upon your blessings, Lord. We commit this service to thy capable hand. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all the church shall agree by saying, Amen. You may be seated while we greet all, all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we, we're just going to not take long here, but speak upon his word. Amen. And while we greet each and every believer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I think as the brother mentioned, the pastor is not here this morning. They had to uh, call it a funeral. Um, um, I think his, his aunt that passed away, so they left on Wednesday. They are burying her today, and that is why you don't see him this morning. And But uh, by the grace of God, we're just going to read the scripture and then speak upon that scripture. Amen? <clears throat> and I think we come, as the brother said, with an expectation and because the Lord has done a lot for us. Amen? Amen. Now, um, listening to Sister Bianca's testimony, and then that she prayed earnestly. And she was praying and praying, and that's what we need to do. Amen? Amen. Whatever that is in our hearts, we need to pour it in the presence of God, and it's a good Lord. Amen? Amen. And now... um, some other time, um, I'm not a man that writes a lot on my status, only on WhatsApp. I'm not um, so much into uh, social media. There's nothing wrong, I just, it's just me. And then um, I'll put maybe a status once in a week. And, then, um, and I don't put it for any person anyhow. You must know that. My name is David, and the Bible says he used to encourage himself in the Lord. So whatever that I put there, I try to encourage myself in the Lord. So, and then while I try to encourage myself, and there was a sister that wrote a big paragraph upon what I, I wrote there. And, then, and it was a simple thing that don't give up, amen? And she responded that, no, well... Even if it's like that, she says, no, she agrees. But she, she gave up on this cult called the message of the hour and this man that is worshipped called William Brenham. And then she wrote a lot of things. And at the end of the day, because I'm not much of a debater. And then I just said, God bless you. So that, that's what I answer. There's nothing else I can say. Because she sees it as a cult and whatever the case may be. And then, um, so I just said, God bless you. And then she said, God bless you too. But I can feel that she's angry where she is. <laughs> that, yeah, instead of provoking a debate, this man just says, God bless you. What is she going to say? She can't say anything. She just said, God bless you too. So she was telling me how free she is. She worshiping God now good. And then I had a lot maybe that I can say, but I just said, well, there is nothing. I mean, the God that we serve, we don't debate 
for him. We can't even fight for him. He's fighting for us. Amen. I mean, I saw him a lot of times that he was in battle fighting for me personally. I mean, I, when I came to this message, uh, I didn't have a wife. Hello? I didn't, have, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a child. It was just only me. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a brother. It was just only me. And he gave me a lot of friends. He gave me sisters and brothers. Um, so he gave me a job. He gave me a beautiful wife. He gave me children. And he gave me anything that I have. It's just because of this message of the hour. So whatsoever people say, that's, I've got a reason why I come to change, to worship God. Honestly, I think she's Damalaza. My, my mother-in-law, she's there. I think she's Damalaza. They are the people that knows me from when I, when I came into the message. Nothing at all. It was just, and, 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 and everything that I have is just because of the grace of God. Amen? So you can't, you can't tell me anything about this message. Anything. Anything. You can, you can debate me, maybe, and debate, debate me out of it. It's fine. But in my heart of hearts, I know that there is God somewhere that is watching over me. And then whatever that I'm asking, he does for me. Amen? So let us, let us turn to our Bibles in the Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. And if you've got it, I want to read verse 16, 17, and 18. And the Bible says, if you've got it, For which cause we faint not, though our inward man perish, yet the inward... Oh, let, let, let me start. Verse 16. For which cause... For which cause we faint not, but though our, our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed, they... By they. Verse 17 For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us as far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Verse 18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. And I want to call your attention upon this as my subject this morning, looking at the unseen promise. That's what I want to talk to you about. As the Bible says here, there is some afflictions that are temporarily here. And those afflictions is things that we can see. And there are certain things that we can't see with our naked eyes. And those are eternal that we need to look upon them. So I want to speak about looking at the unseen promise. Because the God that we serve is unseen. The promises that we have, they are unseen. 
the faith that we are in is unseen. And everything that we depend upon is unseen. Everything that we believe in is unseen. Let me start by saying here, in the message, Speak to the Rock, preached in 1960 on, um, on the 23rd of July, paragraph 20. The messenger of the hour says, There is people sitting here tonight that was in wheelchairs a night or two ago. They are up walking around now. It depends on what you look at. If you look at your afflictions, you will never go any further. But if you look at the promises of God, you've got a right to every redemptive blessing that God promised in his word is yours. Every redemptive promise, every blessing that is written in the Bible is yours. The Christian always looks at the unseen things. That's what we need to look at. But it all depends. Whatever that you look at, that's what you'll get. You look at the promises of God, those that are unseen, that's what you'll get. And in the message, Faith Without Works is Dead, preached in 1950, the 22nd of August, paragraph 24. And I quote here. Now, the only way that you'll ever be able to obtain anything from God is by faith. Now wait. Now I think if you read, um, I think it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. For whosoever that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's a present tense. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. Earnestly looking for him in the present tense that he is a rewarder. And it's impossible to please God without faith. And you can't see something and have faith in it. You've got faith in things that are unseen. Things that God spoke about and you believe in them. Then we say you've got faith. Then you can please God at that particular time. You know, people believe in electricity that they can see, but they believe that there is an electricity. The only thing that you can see is the result of what the electricity is doing. We see the light is the result of the electricity that we can't see. But somewhere there is an electricity that we just believe it is there. So we need to believe in this God that we can see. And the only thing that we can see is that we need to see his actions. He is a healer. We need to see his actions in anything that we believe in. It is impossible to please God without faith. 
you all understand as he proceeds here. And we as Christians, we do not look at what we see. We look at what we believe. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. Faith doesn't come by seeing certain things. It cometh by hearing and by hearing what God says. And the Bible says, I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we walk by faith but not by sight. As a Christian, you walk by faith, you do things by faith, not by sight. We are not scientists here. No scientists, they believe in things that they see. They believe in things that they prove. But we believe in, in, in things that have not been seen. Let me just read a few things here. Back to the message, speak to the rock. He says, every redemptive blessing of God is unseen. And here is the whole armor of a Christian. Love, joy, faith, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. It is all unseen forces that works in the heart of a believer. How are you going to see love? But love is there. But you can't show me and say, there is love. There is long-suffering. There is patience. There is humility. There is, you only see those things being demonstrated in a human being. Amen. Amen. So you can't see faith. You can't see long-suffering. You can't see love. You can only see them through a human being. But you can't see them. It is all unseen great forces of the almighty God. And they only work and they are only found in the heart of a believer. That's right. We look at things we do not see. If we are children of Abraham... Then we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. For Abraham walked by faith and called those things which were not as though they were, because God said so. He looked at those things that were not seen by other people. Now, being a believer sometimes is awkward. Believe in certain things that people don't see. You've got faith in certain things that the people don't see. And you walk by faith in them. In the message, Looking at the Unseen, preached 1958 on the 3rd of October, paragraph 34, I quote, When a man once catches that vision, of the invisible God and know that he is always present. There is something that stabilizes that man's thinking. I want to dwell here a little bit. It stabilizes his actions. In the time of distress and trouble, it will still make him look upward and above the things that are happening around him. 
because he is looking at the unseen, yet by the promise. He's looking at certain things that are not seen by people. He's not looking at the, at, at the symptoms of the, the, that can be seen by other people. You see, there, there, is a, there is a law that people can see. And people can say and say whatever that they are saying. But there is a law that a believer will walk through. And then when a man catches that vision of the God that can be seen by people, that he is always present wherever he is, then he can say like David, though I walk in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And Brother Brenham says, when David spoke those words, he was in the spirit. He says, though I'll walk in the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because I know he is with me. So whatever that happens to a believer, a believer knows that even though I walk in the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear anything. Whatever that happens to me is by the will of the almighty God. There is nothing. You say God knows even how many. I mean, our, 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 uh, he can. He and he knows anything about us. Yes, sir. He knew when we will be born. We know why we come to this world for a particular purpose, and when are we going to pass here? So there is no way that anything will happen to a believer by accident. Yes, sir. Amen. Nothing will happen. It stabilizes your thinking. Things can go, whatever that is happening. But you will relax while you are at Goshen there. When there is death in Egypt, you will be relaxing. And your thinking will be stabilized. Because you will be there in the presence of the Almighty God. You know, I like what the pastor always says, that there is an economy of God. When you see people going around, doing whatever that, running around, but you'll be relaxing that there is an economy. When people talk about their economy, South African economy, the world economy, but there is God's economy. And a believer needs to rest there. Not to be tossed by every wind. Everything that people talk about and believers are toast about. Amen? Amen. No, there is too much negativity. You listen to the radio, there is too much negative. And we get ourselves into those things. And we become negative. We walk like people that don't have hope. Lose our faith in the Lord. But we need to be stabilized this morning. We need to look at the unseen promises of the Almighty God. And people look at those things. We look at God and say, there is something else that God is doing. Amen. There is accidents. There is whatever that is happening. But God is taking care of his own children. But instead of looking at the good things that the Lord is doing for us, sometimes we take away our eyes, we look upon certain things. There is good things that we need to look upon. And we need to raise our hands and praise God and worship Him. And be grateful in our hearts. 
We've got testimonies here to talk about. It stabilizes our actions. You walk in the presence of the invisible God. Our thinking, it stabilizes the way we think. In time of distress and trouble, it will make you look upon him. You look away from all these things and you look to him above the things that are happening around him because he's looking at the unseen yet by the promise. In the message, I know my Redeemer liveth, 1958, on the 6th of April, paragraph 47, and I quote, Now, today just imagine that his presence being here today. Remember that it's impossible to please God without faith. Remember that whosoever that cometh to God must believe that he is. Whoever that prays to God must believe that he is. Whosoever that asks God for anything, he must believe that he is a rewarder currently. Anything, when you go to church, you must believe that God currently is there. God currently is with you. When you're at your house, anywhere you are going, you need to believe that God is with you currently. The Lord Jesus is in another world or another dimension right here today in the form of spirit. That's what I want to get into the believers. The unseen God is always with us in another dimension. He's walking with you. He's with us and he's within us. His spirit is blending in our spirit. Our eyes can see him because that is that they are physical yet. Unless there will something happen that we could see vision. But he is here just as visible, just as real as he was the day that he spoke to Mary at the grave. Or he met Clopas on his road to Emmaus. So is here as real as he was, although we can see him. So remember that we are talking about the unseen promises, the unseen God, the invisible one that can be only visible through a brother or a sister. That is God that we are talking about him here. And then we say it depends if you are looking for him, the invisible one that is here. And the prophet here, he says, his spirit is blending with our own spirit. Our eyes can see him, yet he is here in another dimension. And we know that in the message, who is this Melchizedek? The prophet says, where we are right now, if we can go into the fourth dimension, there are colors that are here with us. There are voices that are here. But if you take a radio or a television, it will be able to tap into the fourth dimension. The television doesn't create anything. It doesn't create people. It doesn't create those things. But it takes them from the fourth dimension and it brings them that you can be able to see them. 
those voices, they are here, but you can't pick them up. They are in that fourth dimension. So the Lord is here in another dimension. You can't be able to see him. But the Lord is right here. The Lord is with you all the time. If we can catch that vision that the prophet says, it will stabilize our, our thinking. It will stabilize everything around us. Our actions, the way we do things. That he is here. He is here just as visible as, just as real as he was the day he spoke to Mary at the grave. His presence is here. It can be felt with that. Felt with that inner chart that is on the inside of a human body called the new birth. The soul has been magnetized unto him. After new birth, your soul has been magnetized unto him. That is why, as a child of God, we don't worship him conditionally. You know, the messenger of the hour says, even if I'll go to hell, I will still praise him right there. We don't worship God because we are afraid we will go to hell. We are not worshiping God because he will give us something else. Hallelujah. Whether I've got bread or no bread. If I've got job or no job. But I will still worship him. So I can say the same thing. Even if I will go to hell, I will say the Lord is good. Right in hell, I will say he was, fa- he was a merciful God. He was a gracious God. I don't worship him on conditions. I worship him because I love him. My soul has been magnetized unto him. And at once in a while, when you let your mind be concentrated on him, Believing on him, after a while something, a reality, you can feel something sweep over your being. That is the vindication of his resurrection. It is not a guess, sure. It is not, I hope, so. But to every person that is born again, it is, I know, so. So we can stand like Job and say, I know my Redeemer liveth. You know, he had faith in God that even the skinworms destroyed his flesh. It was not conditional to Job. He was looking at his own flesh getting rotten. But he says, even if the skinworms will destroy his flesh, but in my own eyes I know that I will see my Redeemer because I know that my Redeemer liveth. So he didn't say, I know that we know our Redeemer liveth. He had a personal experience with God. That I know personally that my, my Redeemer liveth. And with my own eyes, I shall see him. So it's a personal vindication here. And I know that the God that I'm serving, the reason I go to church, the reason that I pray, the reason that I praise him, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And with my own eyes, I shall see him one day. 
The presence of the Lord is near. You say, why? There is something. Why? Certainly, he's right there, right up. He rose from the dead, and he's standing, he's standing right by you. By you. So it depends if you will be able to see him or not. What are you looking for? What do you see? So it all depends what you see. Not the messenger of the hour comes and says, he says, there was a window there back in Egypt. Right in the palace, there was a window in the house that this called, the, 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 the Moses used to look at the children of Israel. Then there was Pharaoh also that he would look at the same people. They used the same house, the same window, and they were looking at the same people. But when they look at them, someone looked at them and he saw people that need to be afflicted. People that they don't deserve any other thing good. People that need to work day and night. And people that need to be killed. And there was another man in the same house. And he stood on the same window and he looked. He saw the children of the promise. And the same people that he was seeing. And that is why Brother Brenham says, and the same message that we believe in, other people, it will save them. And other people, it will condemn them to death. The same message that we read. And the same Bible that we read, it will take others to heaven and it will take other people to hell. It will encourage other people and it will discourage other people because they don't belong to God. Amen? And that is why the messenger of the hour says we don't preach to people that they must feel pity for us. Say, yeah, no, hey, he was, he was, he was, he was, at least I'll go to church because of, he was, or the, or the Lord Jesus Christ died and I, I feel pity for him. He died for me. No, he died for his own people. He knew when he dies that I'm dying for Brother Philip. No, he didn't take a chance that I die for everyone. He died for, specifically for his own people. He knew who will believe in him and who will not believe in him. Who will mock him and who will say gracious God to him? Amen. Amen. So he says, I know. Job says, I know. He didn't see him, but he knew that I know that my Redeemer liveth. Amen. Now, let's continue here. In this message, looking at the unseen. But this now was preached in 1959. That one was in 1958. This one is in 1959, on the 10th of April. And I read paragraph 17. Now, how Abraham, not only did he see the unseen, and the reason he believed it was because God said it. And if we, being dead in Christ, We are Abraham's seed. And if the spirit that was in Christ dwells in us, he does the same thing. He takes every divine promise of God that is in the Bible and calls it present tense and rests itself upon there. Just believe. If we being dead in Christ, 
and then we believe. And the reason he believed is Abraham. You know that people believe in certain things. They don't believe in God, but they believe in certain things. And you know, Brother Brenham says in the message, from that time, I like to listen, listen to this. He says from that time, Brother Brenham says sometimes it happens for people to believe in their doctors. Doc, God bless you. They believe in that. He says they will go to the doctor, and then he will go there, he will give them a prescription. There is nothing wrong with that. And really they don't know whatever the prescription that is given to them, they believe in that particular prescription. They will take it, they will go to the pharmacy, they will give them tablets. They don't even know. They, the majority of us, we don't know those tablets. What are they made of? We don't know. But we've got faith that yeah, because I've got a headache, the doctor gave me that. If I drink them, I'm okay. And the brother Brenham says, he says, but if the doctor tells you that this prescription, maybe it's something that you need to drink this one pill per day, every single day. You have to follow the doctor's prescription. If you don't do that and you don't get healed, you can't go back to the doctor and say, no, but I mean, I've been there and he will ask you, did you drink the medication according to the prescription? If you say no, then he will send you back. But he says, because we've got faith in our doctors, definitely if we are sick, we do as they command. If, yes, they instructed us, we do. Amen. But there is a prescription, which is the word of God. Amen. That is written by inspiration for every believer. And we need to take this without any question also. I like people that they like to say, but why, why, why do we have to believe in the Bible? It's written by men, yes. But those men, they were inspired to write it. Amen. Why do we believe in electricity? It's been discovered by men. Why do we believe in a car that was done by men? But we believe in that. Hmm? Why do we believe in a doctor? Because he's a man. We believe in that. If I'm sick, I go there. I believe that, yeah, no, he will heal me. We believe in those things. We don't, we don't even question them. We don't even have a question about it. But when we come to God, we've got a lot to say about it. But we as believers have to believe in the unseen God. Now he says, now it is the unseen things that are real and they are lasting. These things are temporal and perishable. So those are the things that we, mo we spend most of our time on them. Whether we like or not, they are temporary. Whether we like or not, they are perishable. One of these good days, they will have to be, they will perish. Yet we put so much emphasis and so much concern about the natural things and so little about the spiritual things. In the same message here, paragraph 17. This little, there was a, he says, this little woman, she was a Greek. And she heard about the fame of Jesus. Now, how does faith come by hearing and hearing of the way? She, would, she, she had heard of him. 
And you know, she might have heard a lot of things of hinder her by her being a Greek. Faith cometh by hearing. We know that. And she had a lot of things to hinder her. But faith finds a source no other knows anything about. Faith finds this source that no one can explain it. It is something that you know. Others can see it, but faith sees it. Other people next to you can see it. They are with you. They come to church with you. Maybe they stay with you. Maybe they go to work with you. But other people can see it. But you see it. And your faith is in it. That the Lord is watching over me. When you are asleep, you've got faith that the Lord is watching over me. And other people can see it. Faith sees that where the natural eye doesn't see it. But the inside eyes sees that thing. For you see, for you see, faith sees what God wants done. Faith. It's only faith that by faith you will only be able to see what God wants you to do. You can't see that by natural eyes. You can't even believe there by seeing it. God, you know in your heart that God wants me to do one, two, three. You alone knows that. And the next person doesn't know that it's up to you. Now you need to do what God speaks to you. What God tells you to do. Then that's what you must do. Amen? Now, in the message, Why Christ Speak, preached in 1963, on the 14th of July. He says, For you see, Faith sees what God wants done. Oh, I hope this goes in. Faith doesn't look at the present time. It doesn't do that. It doesn't look at the circumstances around you, whether you feel sick today, feeling unhappy. But faith doesn't look at the present time. Faith doesn't see this here. Faith looks to see what God wants, and it works accordingly. That is what faith does. It sees what God wants and what God wants done, and faith operates through that. Faith is a long-range vision. It doesn't lower its side. It holds to the target. Amen. Any good shooter knows that. That is a long-range It is a telescope. It is a binocular that you don't look around here. You don't use binoculars to look, see what what time it is. See? You can't be having your binoculars and looking, hey, what time is it here? The time is next to you. People will think there is something wrong with you. Having binoculars and looking, yeah, no. you, You must look at something that is far from you. So those binoculars of God, they are different from the natural binoculars. When you look at everything that is happening around you, you need to look with, you must pick up God's binoculars. You'll be able to see what God sees. Amen? Amen. Now, if there is God's binoculars, 
to see God's word, to see what God wants you to do. Obviously, there is the devil's binoculars. Now, he can also put them here for you to see certain things. You know what is that? You see, God says now, you can see. He says, you don't use that, but you use binoculars to look away. Or faith does that. Faith picks up God's binoculars, both of them, both sides, on the New and Old Testament, and sees every promise that he made. And faith sees it out yonder. And faith chooses that, regardless of what the present tense says. He looks at the end. He doesn't drop his side down to look this way. He looks out yonder. He keeps the crosshair dead center on the way. That is what faith does. That is faith that is in a man that does choose things. Faith sees what God sees. And reasoning and, and senses see what the world wants you to see. So the world wants you to see certain things. The negativity you see how you sick and how some people hate you. you you've got other binoculars. Amen. That is not God's binoculars. When you start now seeing other people hating you, it's not God's binoculars. Amen. Amen. Now you read Romans chapter 7. The Bible says, now, you know, the only way to say is God, use, you use love for your, what you call this, revenge. You don't do a revenge on, 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 on you use love, 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 love. You use love for a revenge. So it means now God will come and do or demonstrate because love is God. Amen? Now faith see what God sees. And reasoning and sense see what the world wants you to see. Notice reasoning. Why? It is only human sense. It is only reason. It, it is this. Well, you aren't this just as good. That's exactly when you use those senses which is contrary to the weight. Then that is what the world wants you to see. So the world wants you to see certain things. God wants you to see certain things. So that is why Brother Abraham says there is a battleground. And then God and Satan, they chose your mind to be a battleground. And that is where certain things happen there. Now you start thinking. That is a battleground. The devil is there, and then he plants his own things. And he tells you this is impossible. He planted it in your head. And God tells you that this is possible. He plants it in your mind. That's where everything starts. Amen. Everything starts in your mind. Whatever that is happening, if you come to church, it's something that you thought about it. If you don't want to come to church, it's something that you thought about it. It starts in the mind. Then we see the manifestation of your mind. You know, Brother Brenham says, even a brother at church, we know where, what he thinks. If he wants to marry somebody else, it starts in his mind. And then the day he chooses, is a, is a vindication of what was in his mind. And the messenger of the hour says, everything starts there. He says, even if a person falls, something started in his mind. That one is just a a, a demonstration. Hallelujah. When you speak, it's something that has been in your mind all along. Now we see it by action. That, oh, okay. The sister was thinking about this all the time. 
It's not a surprise. When you, you might think you are surprising us. We're not surprised. We know that it's been, this thing has been done, it's been planned. The brother has been planning this way all along. Now we see the vindication of what he was planning. It has been in his mind. Amen? Amen. But faith don't look at that. Faith looks at what God said. In the message, results of decision. I like this message. Results of decision. Preached in 1955, October the 8th, paragraph 24 and 25. We find out many times that people rely on their symptoms. If they are prayed for, faith doesn't see that thing. Faith sees what God says. Faith doesn't see any symptoms at all. Faith refuses to see symptoms. You know what the symptoms are? The people still see that you are sick. So now we have been reading here about Abraham. When God gave him a promise that he will have a child. The symptoms is that, but we see Abraham, we see Sarah all the time. There is no symptom that she's going to have a child. Those are symptoms. When you are sick, Brother Branham says now, you see, by faith, when they pray for you, the Bible says now the elders will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And the Bible says, I am the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. But the symptoms says, no, but you are still sick. Faith doesn't look at that. It's a long-range vision. It looks beyond the symptoms. Amen. If we can catch this invisible God and believe in certain things that we can see by our eyes, That is a long-range vision. Even if I'm sick now, but faith look beyond those sickness, those symptoms, then we see what? We see God. Amen? Amen. Now the symptoms, if they are prayed for, faith doesn't see a dead. Faith sees what God says. Faith doesn't see any symptoms at all. Faith refuses to see the symptoms. You see, you say, well, Brother Brenham, if they are there, shouldn't we say they are there? You know, there are people that can reason and say, why? But that is really Timus. Why, Brother Brenham? They are there. Yeah. We're talking about certain things that we see. They are there. He says, no, no, say. You say, he is the Lord. Confess. He is the high priest of our confession. In Hebrews 3, and any of you, brethren, know that confess and profess, there is, there is the same way. So he is the high priest of our confession. He can't do nothing until first we confess that he has done it. He, he, there is nothing that he can do. It all depends on our faith. If we believe in the unseen things, If you pray, you must believe that God will grant it. 
It, it really doesn't help if you pray and you are taking a chance. And I will, I will see. If God will answer here, we will see. If he doesn't answer. So if you don't confess that God is going to answer, he will not answer. So it all depends on our confession. In the message, Luke preached in 1963 on the 28th of April, paragraph 46. If you are a Christian and you say, seeing is believing, you can never be a Christian if you believe that. You cannot, you can never. That is the, that's the prophet says that. It's not me. If you are a Christian and you say, Seeing is believing. You can never be a Christian if you believe that. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You cannot be a Christian and have to see the thing. Amen. You know, children, they've got faith. They've got faith in everything. They've got a faith in you. As a parent, as a dad, your child has got a faith in you. As a mom, the child has got a faith in you. And a child, when you, you know, when a child doesn't, he can't even walk, he's unable to walk, he's got faith in you as a parent. When you say, take your first step, he's not going to say no. He's going to do as you are saying. And a child, you know, children, if you, you teach your child something, you say, no, say, mama, he's going to say that. He, he, he or she has got faith in you that whatever that you are teaching her is right. Say, so call the word papa, he's going to say that. But the problem is that when we grow up, we are all, we are all children, we've got faith. Too much faith. And we believe in that. When we grow up, then we start having experiences. Not these experiences that we are having. Now we start doubting. Now we start having the way we see things. No, but it's not that way. That's, that's how we, we start reasoning. Now we start having experiences. Now we start listening to some radios. We start now reading newspapers. We start now listening to friends. We start now watching TVs. Now we start now having now some funny experiences now that no, but something can happen here. Amen? Now those things, they eat our faith. Children, when we say, go, let's go to church, they go to church. Go there, the pastor will lay hands on you, you'll be healed. Say, hi, fine. But when we grow up, we start having doubts now. You know, a child just believes that I will, be, I, I, I will be sorted. When I grow up, I will be a good father. Yeah. I'm going to work for my own children. I'm going to have a, 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 thing, a nice car. So I think that's what they, they see first, the children. They like nice cars. And those things, we grow with them. We grow up with them. And somewhere, somehow, we lose it. 
we lose having faith in God that is a provider. And we doubt everything because now the experiences of life start teaching us certain things. We start now believing that, yeah, things are difficult. Is that the Bible? Is there any Bible that says that that things are difficult? I don't know where did we read that. We read them somewhere that things are very difficult. And we come, we testify. Brother, things are difficult. (laughs) Things are difficult. Testifying to other brothers and sisters that things are difficult. Nowadays is no longer than in the olden days. Marriage is difficult. Brothers, saying that, and sisters in the Lord. Marriage is so difficult. Raising children is difficult, brother. That's our testimony nowadays. As a young man in the message, it's so difficult to leave this message like in the olden days. That's the testimonies that we hear today. Everything is difficult. Testimonies. The reason is why we've got wrong binoculars here. It's so difficult. You know, I like this story of uh, Goliath. They say now, this Goliath guy, when he comes some other time when the children of Israel are there and they have testimonies, the children of God that have testimonies in their camp. Their fathers, their forefathers, they gave them testimony that there is God that took us out of Egypt. We were there in bondage. He took us out. It was miraculous. And we walked for some years, 40 years. There was no one that was sick along the way. Testimonies. The same children were there. One day they went to war with their king called Saul. And the Bible says this big man came and he said, gave me a one man that will fight me. And Brother Abraham says, you know, the, the testimony that was there was a wrong testimony. They didn't look at the unseen God. They looked at the God that they saw, the God of Goliath. They saw how the giant, the man was so giant until they testified about him. No longer about the greatness of God, but how great is this enemy? Quickly we forget. Because we listen too much to stories on the radios. Then we testify about the enemy. See, sometimes when you think this radio gives you too much negativity, is it wrong just to switch it off? You don't even listen to the news. Is it wrong? What will happen? Really, if you don't listen to the news, what will happen? Will you be behind? Hmm? Will you be behind? With what? Then if I can ask. Maybe you don't want to tell me. After the church, just take me and say, brother, I will be behind with one, two, three. Maybe. I don't think you'll lose anything. Because 
You know, sometimes I, 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 I read books and I read about a certain man who says, you know the reason why? As a journalist. Because I always ask myself one question. I say, if you read a newspaper, there is nothing, there is nothing good. I think there is 10% that are good things. Everything is negative. And the radio that you like, the television that you like, there is anything negative about it. That's what we like. And we read that, we listen to those things. And this man, when I read his book, he says, you know what's happening is that as a journalist, they teach you one thing, is that this bad news, they are selling, brother. The bad news sells. That is why now, when they write newspapers and everything that you like is negative. Well, let's take Whitbank News, man, around here. Always in the, the front page, you'll see how cars collided and how people are... Somebody was working at night, what happened to her, what, what, and all those things. But out of that, how many good things are there that they don't write about? Why do they choose these things? And when you read about those things, brother, I'm telling you, in the morning, even if you pray, then just your negativity, you just have, you become, yeah, this, this South Africa is it's bad. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on. Just because of one incident that you read about it, now everybody is bad. No, it's not like that. Hmm? You read about two, three men that they did wrong things and every man is a trash. What do you call it? A trash or whatever. Come on. Sisters. We read wrong things. We feed our spirits. We feed our souls with wrong things. If they bother you these things, put them aside. Ah, really, I, just, I still want to see one brother that will tell me, brother, I missed something if I didn't. You see, brothers, hmm? Sunday, Sunday, what do you call it? Sunday times, every morning you buy it. That's the first thing that you go. You buy it. You're going to read it. After church, you read that thing. You feed yourself with those things. Oh, come on. Show me one positive thing in that Sunday times. A positive thing. After around 6 o'clock when you write your Sunday Times, tell me and say, Prarampanyan, this is a positive thing that I've read. There's nothing. We are wasting our money buying those things. Hello? That's how I see it. I think you've got your own way the way you see it. That's a brotherly advice, but anyhow. There's nothing good there. So, but it depends what you want to see. What you want to feed your own soul with. If that is good, God bless you, brother. But there are good things there that we can read about. There are good things there that we can learn about. Amen? Amen. But the newspapers, ah, they are too negative. They are too negative. And that is why I always argue that certain things are... When people talk about how bad are people, how government, or whatever the case may be, may I ask one question? Even if people, if your brother is better or your sister is better, whatever, I ask only one question. One question. 
that brother, since you you have been with this beautiful wife of yours or this brother, sister, how many good things did he do for you? How, how many good things? Can you count them? They are countless. But there is only one that the poor brother one day did. The one thing. They will never forget it. Never. Always when there is a problem, yeah, you know what he has done to me. Come on, sister. Come, come on, sister. Come on. I mean, don't tell me about that one. I'm going to ask you, okay, if you can count the bad things that he has done, I want you to count good things that he has done. You must count them. Brothers, we do good things to other brothers. We do good things to other sisters. We are good to every person. Our neighbors are good to us. Whether they believe or not, they are very good to us. Where I work, the unbelievers, they are very good to me. Good. There are only few things that are not good. I can't even count them. I count only good things that they do. And I'm always happy. That's why I'm always happy to go to work. Yeah, I, won't leave. I won't be depressed in me. Amen? Right. In the message, God's covenant with Abraham, preached in 1956 on the 28th, um, of April, paragraph 27. Now, but it depends on what you are looking at. What did you see when you do look? Remember, you can only see him as you look at him through the weight. So, you see you must look at God's promise no matter what takes place. Look at God's promise not how you feel, but what God said. Now that's Abraham's faith. Not how you feel. Possessing the enemy, the enemy skates, 1959, on the 8th of November, paragraph 42. Possessing the, the enemy skates, 1959, November the 8th, paragraph 42. The seed of Abraham doesn't look to any of the natural things. They look to what the Lord said. That is the promise. What if Abraham would have looked to the natural at a woman, a hundred years old, 90 she was, and he was a hundred, and had lived with her since she was a little girl and he was a little boy, no seed. A brother Abraham says here, they stayed together while they were still young. It's not that Abraham married her while he was 50 or 40. He says while they were still a girl and a little boy, they married each other and there was no seed. Yet Abraham believed at the unseen promise. He didn't look at those things. He said he counted those things as if they were not, for he only looked to what God said. I will bless you, Abraham, and I will give you a seed by Sarah. And he believed it. You don't look to the opposition. We look at what God said. God said it, and that settles it. Because God said it, and it settles everything. The message says we will see Jesus. 1962, July the 24th, paragraph 45. 
The Christian looks at what he doesn't see natural. Now look, that is the only way you can be a Christian. You got to believe God, who you can't see. You got to believe God, who you can't see. But the things that are that is unseen is the ones that has the reality. The unseen things. Rapture is unseen. If you want to see rapture first, then I don't know. You must believe in rapture. It's unseen. Eternal life is unseen. You have to believe that there is an eternal life. Anyhow, the God that we believe in is unseen. You have to believe that there is God that is invisible. The unseen things are eternal and are reality. They had to be real to you. The message greater than Solomon is here, 1961, April the 12th. Paragraph 72 and 73. I quote. It depends on what you are looking at. The Bible the Christian looks at the unseen, not what you see here, but what God said. It is a promise. Don't care what science says or anything. It is what God said. You know, people talk about symptoms. I think Jonah had the worst case of symptoms I ever know of. Remember, he was in the belly of a whale. But you know what that prophet said? He refused to see the whale's belly. He said, they are lying vanities. I won't look at them. So the prophet was there, Jonah. He was right inside this big fish, whale. And he saw when he looked with his own eyes, so that's the thing that I want you to realize here. We don't say you must deny what you see. You see something, but you must have, you must walk by faith. Certain things you can see, yes, you see them. But it all depends how you feed your own soul. If you feed your own soul with eternal things, though you see things carnally, but whatever that you feed your soul with, will be able to see beyond what you see with your carnal eyes. So Jonah was here. He cannot deny that he was inside the belly of this way. You can tell him. He can see. But he looked beyond that. He denied to see that. I don't know what can I see that you can be able to see this thing. If you look, you take your eyes upon the problems. You see, uh, you, you will be able to see plenty of solutions. So Brother Brenham says here, he says there was Peter. When he saw the Lord walking upon the waters, the messenger of the hour says, then Peter, while he looked at him, he says, can I also walk here? Can I come? He says, he says, come, Peter. And the reason why Peter can walk upon the waters, he says his eyes were fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is why he can, could be able to walk upon the water. 
Do you believe that Peter walked upon the water? <laughs> I wonder if we really believe this. Peter walked upon the water. And the only way that he can walk, he was, his eyes were tuned on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says immediately when he took his eyes away from the Lord, and now he started looking. Now he started looking at the wrong things. What happened? He sank. Nothing else. It's, It's him that he was now looking at the wrong things. He looked at the symptoms, things that were surrounding him. He looked and he saw only problems. He saw death. He saw himself sinking. And he sank. It's not that he just sank. He saw himself going down. And he believed that now I'm going down here. And he said, Lord, help me. And he sank. So that is what is happening. We see ourselves in a particular condition. And we believe that now we are sick. Now we start confessing. And it happens exactly according to our own confession. Remember that even the Lord Jesus Christ, when he used to say, your faith has saved thee. So it depends on your confession. He will ask you whether you believe. If you say, yes, I believe, Lord. Then he says, thy faith has healed thee. So you are, you, you are saved by your own confession. If you confess you are sick, even after being prayed for, you are sick after hearing the word, you are sick after whatever, that is, that's your confession. But I want to call upon you that this morning, let us look at the unseen things. Let us confess things that are not seen by our eyes. You know, psychologists and people that they say they cancel people. I've seen even they, 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 they stole what we believe in, things that we are supposed to believe in. They go there, they tell people that you must believe in the things that you don't see. Just believe and confess about them. Hmm? You go to this conference of these people, they say, just believe, believe. Until you believe, you put that thing in your mind. Believe that I'm a good person until you are good. Believe that I'm going to achieve one, two, three. Until you'll be able to achieve those things. That's what they do. But those things that they teach these people is things that we should be believing. We know that we need to confess. But our confession are not right. We confess certain things that are not right. We need to confess like Abraham on things that are unseen. Now this man called Jonah, he was confessing. And things that I want you to realize is that he was there. And Brother Brenham says, they are lying vanities. I won't look at them. Everything that is surrounding him, he says, I won't look at them. But once more, I will look to your holy temple. For when Solomon dedicated the temple, he prayed, Amen. Earthly men who later backslid. But when he dedicated the temple of God, he prayed and he said, Lord, if thy people be in trouble anywhere and look towards this holy place and pray, then hear from heaven. He had that much confidence in the prayer of Solomon, a man by earthly temple. 
So this man called Jonah, had, he had confidence in the prayer of Solomon. That because Solomon said, if thy people are in trouble anywhere in the world, if they look upon this holy temple and they pray earnestly, and then you will hear from heaven, you Lord. So that is why the Bible says now, we need to look away from all these things and look upon him. The one that died for us. The one that was hanged on the tree because of our own iniquities. We need to look away from all these things and look upon his promise. Let me close here. In the message, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever, preached in 1964, in June the 27th, paragraph 80, the messenger of the hour says, And on the bank of Jordan, when God came down in the form of light or a dove, no one seen that but John. We know Jesus Christ came into the river of Jordan there to be baptized. He says now, no one saw when the spirit came down in the form of a dove. But the only man that saw that it was John. And you know the reason why. Because John expected to see the spirit descending from heaven. The people that were with John couldn't see it because they didn't expect it. You will only see what you expect. You will only get what you expect. He says all of them people standing around did not see it. No one saw it but John. He was the only one looking for it. So God had told him he would see it. You only see what you are looking for. If you come here tonight or this morning looking for Christ, you will see him. And if you come to criticize, you will have plenty on your hands to criticize. It depends on what you are looking for. John was expecting to see the Spirit coming down because God told him that the one that you will see the Spirit coming upon him. Well, he, went in the, he went into the river of Jordan with an expectation. We need to come to church with an expectation. We need to go wherever we go with an expectation. So God expects us to have expectations on him. We need to confess with our own mouth that we believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to believe and we need to confess with our own mouth that he is our healer. We need to confess with our own mouth that he is the Lord of salvation. That one day we will see the rapture. We will be raptured. We have to confess. That even if we die, we will wake up, we will go into another dimension. We will go into the presence of the almighty God. It should be our confession. It depends what you are looking for. It depends what you want to get. It doesn't depend on God. It doesn't depend on the pastor. It doesn't depend on the brother. It doesn't depend on the wife or the brother or, or, or the children. It depends on you as an individual. What do you expect? What is your expectation? What are you looking for? John saw him because he was expecting the spirit to see it descending. That is the only thing that you will see. My last quotation, go wake Jesus. Go 
Wake Jesus, preached in 1963, in November the 30th, in the evening, paragraph 274 to 275, and I quote, Is he not he he wonderful? Now, think, we mean that. Everything is surrendered. I'm no more my own thinking. I'm not going to think like I will think, Lord. I'm just going to think like you think. And you promised that I was healed. In Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, I think that now. I surrender my thinking. I won't no more think about my sickness. I won't no more think about my afflictions. I won't think about the diseases I had. I'm not going to thinking about nothing but thinking what you said. Now, right out in front of you stands a person just like you was a few minutes ago. You were sick down here, but there is a well well person standing there. Jesus Christ is calling to that well person right beyond it. Now, just by faith, as you close your eyes, walk right into that well body. Then just keep on walking. Just keep on going. Amen. You see what he says here. He says Jesus is calling to that well person right beyond you. There is you that is sick here. There is you that is afflicted now. There is you who has got problems now. But beyond you, there is another you that doesn't know the problems. And the Lord Jesus Christ this morning is closer to that one that is not sick. He says, now you just walk into the well person that is right next to you. There is a well body that is next to you. And the Lord Jesus Christ is looking at that one. Just confess and keep on walking. And you will walk right into the well body. So you mustn't look at the afflictions. You mustn't look at any other problems that you had. Just look at the perfect person that is next to you. Just walk and enter into the person that doesn't see any problems. And then you'll be in your own caution. So you must just go away and move your eyes away from what is happening, where there is plagues and all these things. There is death out in Egypt. There is people, the water is blood. And then everything has changed. There is anything, there is plagues that God is, is, is giving to the, to the Egyptians. But there is a question that I want your eyes to look upon. And that question is unseen. And that Goshen is the message of the hour. That Goshen is the word of the Almighty God. I want you to step into that one. Just keep on walking. It is there that is just next to you. It's in another dimension that you walk into it. Then you will feel yourself being relaxed in that Goshen. Amen. Let us stand on our feet. Amen. Let us just worship him, brother, to me. Let's worship God.
He deserves to be worshipped. Let's just worship him. And let's just, while we worship him, let's just, let us just enter into that place. Let us just enter into that unwelled sin. Let us just go into that dimension. Let us just catch the vision of the unseen and the invisible God that is always, is the ever-present and is always with us. And is right here this morning. Chetty, just to step forth and say a word of prayer. Let's just sing this one, brother. I give myself away so that you can use me. Bless you, brother. I give myself away. 
with our eyes closed, amen. If we have a need, amen, we may just even raise our hands, amen. When we raise our hands, we raise our hands in surrender, amen. Yes, Lord. We raise because we are needy children, amen. Yes, Lord. As long as we are in this flesh, amen, we are a needy children, church. Yes, Lord. The world reads the newspapers, amen. We get the same news, amen. Yes, Lord. They know the end time events, amen, more than even we may know. You might go down to a denomination, amen. They could put it to you, amen, in such a perfect way, amen, of the tribulation, of the earthquakes, amen, of the Antichrist system, amen, of the one world order, amen, of the Illuminati, amen. They could tell you all about it, amen. But you find out deep down in their hearts, amen, there's a fear, amen. And if there's a fear in our hearts this morning, there may be something wrong this morning, amen. We may be eating the lamb, amen, this morning. Morning, but we may, may be leaving the pertinent parts, amen. He said, eat the whole lamb this morning, amen. There's sermons that has word that has come this morning, sermons that have come for the past year, amen. Our servants of God that has been speaking, amen, with the utmost, amen, sincerity and the leadership of the Holy Ghost, putting this particular church in a position that we may meet the rapturing faith and escape the tribulations and the times that are coming ahead, amen. And if we are afraid, amen, if there may be something down in our heart, then we're missing something, church, amen. This service this morning is enough to put us into a position of receiving our faith, receiving our healing, receiving our job this morning, amen. Receiving, amen, whatever we require, amen. All those redemptive blessings are ours this morning, amen. We could reach out this morning by our faith and say, Lord, not just a mixed up emotion, Amen. Not just caught up, amen, with the emotion of the church, amen, but realize God has spoken this morning, amen, from the testimonies of the song, amen, from the testimonies, amen, of, of amen, Brother Grace, when he couldn't pray no more, amen, no sin in his life, walking in faith, being affected by the elements of this earth, when he couldn't go further, amen. God stepped on the scene, yes. amen. Listen to the testimony of Bianca, amen. Amen. When all has failed, amen. The, the, the social media has failed, amen. Everything has failed, amen. She walked in by faith. Our prophet has taught us, amen. Faith is a revelation. Amen. A long vision, amen. Where she couldn't see anymore. The dog out of sight, amen. But something told her, follow the trail, amen. Hallelujah. And this is the condition, church, that we need to be in. Amen. And I believe that it's there. Amen. I believe that just sometime. Amen. We, 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 we tend to get. Amen. Just uh, spots. Amen. We tend to get things in our eyes. Amen. As we begin to just focus along the, the news and the, the things and the negativity of this world. But we thank God for Calvary this morning. We thank God for the message this morning. Amen. We thank God for revelation this morning morning, amen, that we can look to the things that are unseen, amen. May we believe God, church, with all our hearts this morning, as we just may raise our hands and say, Lord, remember me, Lord Jesus. I may be like Peter, amen. I, I may have looked to the left. I may have looked to the right, amen. And I, I may be sinking a little bit this morning. Lord, now I turn my eyes, amen. I turn it upon the word, amen. I focus it upon 
not just a, 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 a shot in the dark, amen, but I can zero in to the ultimate. And the ultimate is the word of God that you have given me this morning. I may have wavered, amen, from the spoken words, amen. I, I, I may have wavered, amen, from the tapes and the books and the dedication, amen, that I issue love and read and walk, amen. Oh, church of God, amen. I, 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 my, my thoughts are just taken back, amen. When my wife, amen, she, she doesn't even have the vision. Uh, uh, spectacles are even expired, amen. We're about to go a new, a new one, amen. But this morning, amen, when I, when I awoke this morning and, and when I turned around to her, all I could see was she reading a spoken word, amen. And, I, and my thoughts went to, that's all she does, day and night, read the word of God, amen. But... When it was time to, to look and spot the dog, amen, she was the one with no vision, amen, a literal vision, amen, but she was the one that spotted the dog, amen, so far away in the bushes, amen. It was a sixth sense. It was revelation, amen. It was faith, amen. It was God in flesh once again, amen. It was God walking, amen, materializing this message, amen. And that's what we need for the hour, amen. Our knowledge may fail, amen. Uh, our wisdom may fail, amen. Our experience may fail, amen. But this word would never fail. It would become flesh, amen. If there's no sin in us and we walk in the faith, of the revelation of this word this morning. Amen. Let us just pray to him. The author and finish of our faith this morning. Our dear Lord Jesus Father. It is so evident dear God. That your spirit walks amongst us this morning dear God. All pricking in our heart Lord. In such a, a smooth uh, 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 rain. Oh God. It's just not a downpour Father dear Lord. But a, oh, but a drizzle dear God. A soaking rain dear Lord. Bringing us into a condition, Father, Lord, that we need to be in, Father. Lord, the encouragement has come. The faith has come, Lord. All we want to just say is, dear Lord, each one of us, bid unto me according to thy word this morning, Father. Walk with us, Lord, each one of us, as we take hold of this faith that has come this morning, dear Lord Jesus. Uh, help us to walk in it, dear Lord, and, and materialize, dear Lord. And tomorrow, dear Lord, will be a Monday, dear God, when all those demon spirits are let loose, dear God. And, and Father, when we walk, dear Lord, no matter what may happen, dear Lord, but may we just turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, Lord, and His face is the Word of God. His faith is the promises, Lord. His faith is what has been spoken this morning, Lord, and what has been spoken in the past, dear Lord. Help us to look to those things, confess those things, Lord, and confess that everything else is a lying vanity, dear Lord Jesus, and that we'll walk and receive our promises and our blessings, dear Lord Jesus, for this hour, dear God, to cope with the challenges of the satanic force, of, 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 of Lord, this world and the systems against the bride of Jesus Christ, dear Lord. Knowing that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Father. You have promised time and time again to be with us and deliver us, dear Lord. Father, we just committed unto you. We commit your servant unto you, dear Lord, that has stood faithfully, Lord, in the gap. Catching the vision, catching the inspiration, catching the channel, catching the need, dear Lord, for our hearts, oh God. We appreciate it. Bless him, bless his family, dear Lord Jesus. 
Bless his walking life, dear Lord, and supply his needs, dear God. We pray for our pastor, dear Lord, that's out there, dear God, with a, a bereaved heart, dear Lord. I just pray, Father God, that you would meet him, minister to him, strengthen him, dear Lord. Give them the safe traveling mercies, Lord, that they would need to and fro. We just come at each and every believer, Lord, this morning, the children of God that love you, that turn their ways and turn their eyes away from the world, dear God, and found themselves this morning in the presence of God under the message of Malachi 4, Lord. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, dear God, bless each of them, Lord, this morning. Father, undertake for them, Lord. They need their children. They have come, not in vain, Father. May you bless them this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ and the church of God, say, Amen and Amen. 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 Let's just sing a song, a dismissing song, and until we meet again, God richly bless you.